Welcome to Casual Conversations, brought to you by Momentum Ministries, helping you attain, maintain, and regain momentum for life. Let's join the conversation with author and pastor Scott Wade, president of Momentum Ministries. Good morning. This is Pastor Scott, and thank you for joining us on Casual Conversations today. We have been considering the uh, new beginnings that we find in the Gospel of Mark, and last week we uh, uh, looked at Mark chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. The new wine that Jesus spoke about was to leave the old patterns of the past behind and move to a new rhythm of the spirit life and then to uh, fully embrace this life. And that's, that's where we're coming from for today's podcast. As we have joining us, uh, Reverend Jim Bentley, he's pastor at uh, Trinity Church of the Nazarene in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm awesome. Awesome. Glad to be here. Thanks. Thank you for coming on. And uh, before we get into some questions about um, uh, the new wine that uh, we have in the kingdom of heaven, I'd like for you to uh, just take some time and introduce yourself to our listeners. They may like you like I do. <laughs> oh, well, they can't see me, so we're good. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? The first time I met you, I didn't have a good picture of you. I think we met we met on a Zoom call or a conference with did, our yeah. with our district superintendent. Um, and uh, it's a Maxwell training, wasn't it? It was. It was okay. indeed. And we were we were one of the little boxes of the mini boxes. Yeah. <laughs> so and then I met you in person. I thought, well, re he really is a pretty cool dude. I, he's all right. <laughs> and uh, who in the world is Jim Bentley? Well, um, Jim Bentley is is the pastor who typically doesn't enjoy being referred to as Reverend. So you know, I, okay, I, I, love it, Reverend <laughs> Bentley. You say yeah, right, right. <laughs> I am. I am just Jim. I put my pants on one leg at a time, like everybody else. But I am a pastor, and I am proud to be a pastor, and that God's called me to be a pastor. One of the things that struck me was that uh, you. Uh, like me, were called into ministry. And just a moment ago, before we began our, the podcast, um, we were we were talking about um, being a pastor. And um, I know that um, you were called into ministry uh, later in life. Well, relatively later, not right away. You you didn't go to a college and then seminary right away. Uh, tell us um, about that uh, movement from. Well, first of all, about your job, what you were doing, and sure. then about your move into uh, ministry. Sure. That testimony of my life is, is really amazing. Um, I kind of been all over the place. So I was, I've been a musician all of my life, um, was an all-state jazz trombonist in Florida, uh, got recruited and given a full-ride scholarship to the University of North Florida to study jazz performance and and went with some, you know, went to school with some really amazing players, and and I was far from the amazing player that they were. Um, back in that day, I I I I'll give you the long version of the story. So so back in that day, I um, lost my scholarship because I joined a fraternity and headed it all in the wrong direction, you know, unchristlike actions, and so had to take a had to take some time off. I took a year off school and. In that meantime, my, my parents moved to North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte. And so when I left Jacksonville, I came up and lived with them. And that's where I met my wife, Karen. And so, okay. so Karen was born and raised in Kannapolis, which is also another suburb just outside of Concord, right? You know, anybody listening doesn't know where they are, look for Charlotte and then go a little bit northeast. There you go. 
So, so from there, I went to, ended up going back to University of North Carolina, Greensboro, where I studied music education. And in that process, my senior year-ish or so, I was offered a position as the head of a music department at a private school, thinking it was going to be amazing. And then all of a sudden they told me how much it was going to pay and I said, no way. <laughs> and, you know, my wife and I, we had this idea that she was going to stay home with whatever children we had at, at the, you know, when we eventually had kids. And so that just wasn't going to make it for one income. And so I was working um, for Southeastern Freight Lines, throwing, throwing freight on a dock part-time to help, you know, supplement income. And one of the managers there moved back to Charlotte and called me up and said, Hey, I know you're from this area. I'd love for you to come down and join my management team. And so he brought me off the dock and that's how I exited the music education part of that and got into um, transportation into trucking. And that's where I kind of had been for a long time. I spent many years in management with uh, an LTL company and then with a, with a truckload carrier. And then, so I left, I left um, trying to, trying to pursue music education and went to work for a friend of mine in Charlotte as a, in, in an entry-level management position for a LTL company. And so from that LTL company, worked for a truckload carrier, ended up um, being asked to, to come to Nashville and be a director of operations in Nashville over a truckload and LTL carrier, ended up back in Concord um, as an operations supervisor and then operations manager for a third party logistics company. And so in all of that was um, all about me, all about seeking after money, making a lot of money, thinking I'm providing for my family. My wife's staying at home. We're able to homeschool our children and, and everything is great. Uh, except I was chasing after things of the world. I wasn't chasing after what God wanted me to do. And so all of that was perfect until it came crashing and burning. And I was traveling a lot. I was flying out on a Monday, fly back in on a Saturday or driving, you know, I had accounts up and down the East Coast, and um, it almost destroyed my family, it almost destroyed my marriage, and there was a, a moment in time where I, I'll never forget where I was, I was just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, and I got a phone call from my wife, and that phone call, we were discussing some things about our kids, and she wanted me to be aware that she had had a conversation with my middle son, and he asked for something. And her response was, well, why don't you wait until daddy gets home to help you with that? And he responded, but daddy's never home. We knew at that point, something was going to have to change. And so um, we were, we were seeking out what that was. And we were in Concord, North Carolina at Crossroads Church, which was a church, um, that we had had some friends. We had just started going there. We had been at another big church in Concord for about 20 years and God felt the sh felt God shift and didn't know why. And we ended up at this other church and we knew why we know why now is because it was a Sunday morning where I can't even tell you what the pastor preached the message on. How, we know that that's typical, right? Nobody knows what the pastor preached on, but I know <laughs> yeah. God spoke, God spoke to our hearts. And, and I do remember the series that he was doing. But in that sermon, I felt beyond a shadow of a doubt, God speaking to me saying, stop running from your calling. It's time to go into full-time ministry. And I was like taken back. 
So we went to lunch that day. Again, specifically, I remember the table I sat at. I remember the restaurant. It was Mayflower Restaurant in Concord, North Carolina, sitting across the table from my wife. And I'm like, you were never going to believe what I heard God say to me today. She's like, you're never going to believe what I heard God say to me. And it was the same exact thing. Wow. We were both, <laughs> we were both weeping at that table. Like, oh, wow, this is crazy. You know, here, here I am in a position where I'm being fast-tracked to be a vice president, making a whole bunch of money, wife stays home, two car payments, house payment, all this other stuff. And we're like, well, what do we do now? You can't go back to school, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. Uh-huh. And so, but we acknowledge that I did a lot of, I did a lot of praying, a lot of seeking. I, I sought out guidance. You know, we, we know, and obviously I'm more mature now. I didn't know this then. I couldn't articulate it, but now I can articulate that when we feel like God is saying something to us, check it against scripture and then check it against close friends and see if, if they can give, give you guidance as to whether or not you're hearing, like, were you just out there off the deep end or, or what is it? And one of the guys that I trusted, he, he asked me, he said, does it well up inside of you? Is it, can you, can you get it off of your mind or is it constantly there? And I'm like, it's constantly there. It wells up inside of me. He's like, well, there's your answer. And it's funny because I remember that conversation too. My memory doesn't work very well, but I remember walking around the grounds of that church with him having that conversation. So we did. And, and so we just didn't know what the next step was. Well, just so happened that my friend who was the worship leader at that church was wanting to start an intern program. And he's like, hey, why don't you come be my guinea pig? And so I said yes to that. It was a two-year internship. It paid a humongous $1,000 a month. So do the math, $12,000 a year, single income, family, uh-huh. <laughs> two, house, two car payments and a house payment. Um, the numbers don't add up yet. At the same time, God was amazing, provided through it. I, I took a, a part-time job. It was a full-time internship, but I took a part-time job driving a school bus. He taught me so much. You know, I'm this guy who was fast-tracked to be a vice president. Now I'm driving a school bus, right? Oh, wow. And, and it was really, really cool because I learned so much. He taught me so much through all of that. After the two-year internship, we looked back. We never missed a bill. I, I tried to sell cars. I tried to sell the house. And, and he just never allowed for it to happen. But yet we never missed a bill. Never. Never missed a meal. Never did anything. You know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that can sit there and talk about how the check would just show up in the mailbox unannounced and those kind of things. And, and, and it was just, it was an amazing journey. And then the day my, my two-year internship ended, I had family members who would say, well, what are you going to do after this? And I'm like, I don't know, but God will provide, you know, it, they'd be like, it's not even a college degree. And it's like, so God will provide. I know we're supposed to do it. Well, the day my internship ended, the next day I had a full-time position as a youth and worship youth leader, youth pastor, worship leader at another church in, in Mooresville, North Carolina. Another learning experience. So I went, I went into a position and, and served under a pastor who, you know, was, was a super guy, but we ended up realizing where we differed theologically. And after about a year, I knew that I couldn't serve under him because those, those theological differences, there was a very wide gap. Uh And so I, after, after talking with him, I told him that I was going to have to resign and he asked me to stay with him until I actually found something else. And so, and this wasn't in the church of the Nazarene, this was actually in, 
in the United Methodist Church. I was where where we interned was a charismatic um, a Methodist Church. Both the pastor and his wife graduated from Oral Roberts University, so it was kind of an, an oddity for the United Methodist Church. Uh-huh. And so when I when I resigned from there, Karen had always said. I'm good with this ministry thing, but all of our families here in the Concord Kannapolis area, I really want to stay here. And so we, we made the decision before resigning to, to put the resignation in without knowing what was after. It was one of those step in faith, another step in faith thing. And at that point, she's like, well, you know, we're kind of all in. So let's just be all in wherever God takes us. And so I did some investigating and, I, and there was a church in Austin, Texas. That needed a worship leader or, or a worship and arts pastor. And so I sent them a demo and sent them my resume. Well, I got a phone call. And uh, that phone call led to another very long phone call, which led to, um, you know, the pastor saying, hey, why don't you come out here and just lead worship and interview? And we were like, no, we're not going to move to Austin, Texas. Didn't know much about Texas or Austin. And he's like, just look at it as a free vacation. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so we flew out there and uh, my wife was mad because anybody who doesn't know Texas, they think flat grounds, tumbleweed, everything else. And that's not Austin. Right. And so we're flying into Austin and she starts crying then because she's like, I didn't want it to be beautiful, but it's beautiful. (laughs) It's we turn around and we do we lead I lead worship and we have the interview and we're both sitting in the sanctuary and balling again because she's like i know we're gonna end up being here (laughs) so so we cried all the way back to concord flew back and uh you know and and here we go again it was mountains that had to be moved for it to work for us and yet god moved all those mountains and and so that was that was how we ended up in the church in the nazarene it was south austin church in the nazarene was was our first stint there and um my uh, my incredible friend and mentor, Randall Wiles, was the pastor there. He'd been the pastor there for so long, and um, and he just poured into me. He took me under his wing. I, at that point, had said that I would never be tied to a denomination and um, had never considered being ordained or any of that, and and he sat me down, and, and he explained some things. I asked him questions, hard questions, and um, he just... He really, really, really led me in the right direction. And it was because of him and, and his leadership that I became ordained as an elder in the Church of the Nazarene. And so mm-hmm. I, I started working on, on that there, you know, local license and then district license there. And so it was interesting. We were in Austin. We loved Austin. We, we had so many friends and ties to Austin and had no plans to go anywhere until um, I got a phone call from Virginia and it was a, a pastor there who I had known a little bit beforehand. And he called and asked if I would consider flying out there to and, and taking the worship pastor position out there. And so another free vacation first. Yeah, another free vacation. <laughs> yep. To the mountains, Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. Oh, beautiful. So we so we flew out there. Interestingly enough, led worship, loved the people, but never felt it. Flew back to Austin and said no. We told him no and that, that we couldn't do it. And so life continued and Months later, he calls me back. He's like, I need you to consider something that's going to sound crazy. And I'm like, what's that? He goes, would you come be my children's pastor? 
And I about fell out. I'm sitting on a school bus and I'm like, there's no way on this earth I will ever be a children's pastor. Uh-uh, no way. Well, we said yes. <laughs> and we, ended up, <laughs> we ended up going to, Wayne, uh, you know, to, to Waynesville, Waynesboro, Virginia. Uh, we were the children's pastor director and it worked out because I ended up doing some worship leading out there. Um, he decides to come out, bring us out and about a year later decides he wants to take the tough job of being pastor in Honolulu, Hawaii. So yeah, so he goes to, to Hawaii. And so we were only in Virginia for about a year and a half. And it was at that point, that church, we loved the people, we loved uh, everything that the area was beautiful, but, and they wanted us to stay, you know, it was one of those situations where we resigned because the pastor left and, and they wanted us to stay. The new pastor coming in wanted us to stay but I wasn't feeling it. And so I got back in touch with, um, actually pastor Sam was still in South Texas. And so contacted him and, uh, Dr. Johnson and now pastor Sam for the, for our listeners that don't know, that's our uh, district superintendent here yes. in yeah, South yeah, Carolina. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was still in South Texas then as, as the assistant district superintendent. And so made some contacts and shared with them that I felt like it was time to make the step to being a senior pastor and wasn't sure. And, and they were like, yeah, no, I think, I think you would be good. Let's, let's, let's try you out at this place. So, so we ended up um, leaving Virginia and moving back to Texas to Waco, Texas. I am getting whiplash here. (laughs) Started in the, started in the South, moved to East, went to, uh, went West, West, back East, Back, back west. Okay. Back west. Now yeah. what happened? Yep. Yep. And so it's so we're there. And um again, no intention. You know, this is how God works. No intentions to go anywhere. I had actually walked my walked the board of that church through this process. It was an older church in a neighborhood that the demographics of the neighborhood had changed, shared a vision with them, and they they jumped on the vision where we actually put the property for sale. And um, I was going to sell that property and use the proceeds to open a coffee house church there in the Waco, Hewitt, Texas area. Um, another story for another time, but it's a, it's you know it's it's a dream that still's never gone away. But it it was supposed to happen. Well, then I received a phone call. It was I'll, I'll just share. It was Pastor Sam who called me, and he was asking me about another candidate that was interested in being. He's now in South Carolina. So he was asking me about another candidate in South Carolina and, and asked me what I, my thoughts on the guy, because he had gone to church with me and, and we had had some relationship. Well, in that conversation, he said, wait a minute, you're from this area? I said, well, not South Carolina, but just over the state line. And he's like, well, you know, I got this church that's <clears throat> close to Charlotte. Would you be, would you pray about it? And I said, no, <laughs> I won't. I'm not going anywhere. Well, here you go. Don't ever say no to God. And um, so we, we, you know, we, we put it to prayer and didn't have any intentions of being back on the East Coast, didn't have any intentions of, of leaving that area. We loved Texas. I mean, we love this area, but, but we had established ourselves there. And, you know, God being God just did what God wanted to do. And again, move mountains and you know, we, we left, so we left Waco and came here and, and it was a huge step of faith because it was, I mean, as, as beautiful as this church was, it wasn't what we were, you know, it wasn't what we were making there. It was, it was a good bit less. And, and so it was an, an enormous step of faith, but you know, when you're, when you're walking 
and following God and his center of his will, then he's going to take care of you. And he has. And we've so we've been here now two years and he's taking care of us every step of the way. You arrived in time for COVID. Didn't yes, you? I did. I, <laughs> I got I had just started to get to know my congregation and then nope. <laughs> so, yes. Well, you know, as we uh, as we journey in the kingdom of, of God and following the will of God, he gives us all kinds of adventures, doesn't he? He does. And um, new opportunities, things that we never thought we would try or do. And we find great joy. That's the new wine of the yeah. kingdom. Wherever we are, as we're following the Lord and, we, and we, we're doing our best to, to be in the center of his will, surrendered to, to his purposes, we're going to find out that, that God's going to fill our hearts with joy. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the joys was, and watch it looking back, you know, it's a lot of times when you're walking through the process, you don't, you don't understand. And, and sometimes we get the opportunity for God to show us why the whys, right? Now, our faith walk doesn't guarantee that we'll ever see why, but sometimes we get to see them. And, and I know that some of the whys were, you know, my daughter had always felt a call in her life to missions. And so she met her now husband um, in Austin. And because we were in Texas, like at the beginning parts of their marriage, that where they left, he was already a missionary in Mexico. And so she was able to, you know, she was a missionary with him in Mexico. Uh -huh. And there was many times there was there was there was three or four times where because of some, you know, because of some documentation issues, just because of certain issues where they could get to the border, but they couldn't get across the border. And I would go down and be able to meet them at the border or, or you know, one time I had to bring their truck back from the border. So so the joy in that part of, of being able to to be there for them, if we had not made that initial step of faith of moving to Austin, I do not believe at all that all three of my children would now be in ministry like they are. Uh -huh. And so um, so, you know, what a joy. And, and my kids, you know, I know everybody has amazing kids, but, you know, my kids are my kids and to watch them seek God and follow him and, and want to be in ministry, especially as pastor's kids. And so my kids felt this freedom that they didn't have to be pastor's kids. They didn't have that, that microscope on them that, and I think it's because of that, that's why they're in ministry. So one of those joys of, of walking this walk of faith is the joy of seeing my kids serve God because they want to serve God. Uh -huh. yeah. But you know, Jim, I, I hope there are people listening that uh, maybe they're in that place of, of excitement yet nervousness. Maybe they're saying, I don't want to do that. Or maybe like you, they said, no, I'll never go to hmm. this place or that, but, but there's something building in their hearts and maybe they need a little encouragement to uh, take a sip of the new wine. Hmm. And, um, I'd appreciate it if you just pray for our listeners that God would help them to discover those deepest joys of, of full surrender to, to his will. Would you do that? Yeah, I certainly will. And I'll just, I'll just say real quick that if there is anybody listening and, and they, and they feel like God is leading them uh, uh, to be, you know, uh, to be a crazy direction. Don't be afraid when you're walking in the center of God's will, he is going to take care of you. And you, I cannot, I can't describe the feeling of being in the center of his will, you know, walking in that center and seeing him work and work miracles and move mountains 
is an amazing place to be. And I would just encourage you, take the step of faith. He's he's not going to fault you for following him. I yeah. assure you. <laughs> so awesome. Well, let me pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank for Scott and the fact that he wants to get this message out there that that there are those that that have been stuck in the old wineskin for so long and and it's time for them to 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 heed to your voice and to step out and do something. Um we talk all the time about consumeristic Christianity and how there's so many people that are just warming the bench, sitting in church pews and seats in churches and just listening and taking in and wanting to hear what the itching ears want to hear. But Lord, we know that there are those out there who, who are ready to dive in, be all in for you. Um, so Father, let this time be an encouragement to them that you will work out everything, all the answers that they think they have to have, that they can step in faith and you will give them the answers as in your time. Um, and that being in the center of you will is an amazing place to be. So encourage them, Lord, and thank you for this time that we could pour into them. Lord, we just want to give you all the praise and honor and glory. It's why we do what we do. It's for your fame, not ours. And uh, we just love you and praise you. It's in your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Jim. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it, Scott. Thank you for the time. Okay, and, uh, well, that's, uh, that's it for today. Uh, join us next week. And uh, God bless you and have a great day. Thanks for listening in on Casual Conversations brought to you by Momentum Ministries. Visit our website at MomentumMinistries.org. That's Momentum Ministries with two M's in the middle dot O-R-G. God bless you and have a great day.